Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. scream into the mic to check our levels <laughs> and then we're good just like regular podcast stuff your first yeah, initial absolutely. guttural scream we do start every one of these episodes where we do just scream if you want that super cut we are happy to give it to you <laughs> yeah yeah we're on our patreon we're just gonna put five <laughs> uninterrupted minutes of us screaming i listen you joke but i know one of you would use that as an alarm <laughs> the amount of folks who have told us throughout these almost five years who have said like, oh, yeah, like I just fall asleep to your podcast. And then just right. imagine like at the end of one of these episodes, <laughs> we just like put a super cut of us screaming. It would help right. one of you. It would yeah. annoy most of you, but it would help one of you. Got to make sure you get to your thing on time. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> You're late what for if we something. Did, like custom. Is there like a cameo or something? That we could do for just, like, giving people voicemail messages or, like, custom ringtones just of us yelling. I would love that. I would absolutely fuck up a cameo for us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a Patreon perk of us that's just, like, absolutely, we'll give you a 30-second audio of almost anything that you want. Right. Within reason. Absolutely. (laughs) Almost, you know, almost anything. Big asterisk. Um, Do you want us to yell at your sister and tell them that they're a dumbass? (laughs) Absolutely. We got you. Hello. What's up? Welcome. Hello. It's the show. We save those usually for the end, but we're going to switch it up. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Wake up. It is a Monday when you are listening to this, which is incredibly important for so many reasons because of the fact that when this, well, here's what I'll say. You will get to have um, a belated birthday celebration for co-host of mine, founder of this podcast, founder of this (laughs) production studio, I was not expecting all this hype going. This is like a, this is a whole intro. Oh, here. I'm doing it because you're going to get mad at me in a second. Um, mm. uh, birthday baby <laughs> um, of, of Cody. So yeah. um, enjoy that. By the time that this episode airs, Cody, your birthday gift should arrive. Oh, no. <laughs> and I am expecting a full-blown meltdown to occur. (laughs) It's going to be the greatest day of my life. I'm incredibly excited. This might be the best gift I've ever given you. Um, (laughs) But I'm fully expecting um, to hear your scream, your yell of anger um, from across the country. Yeah, I I hope I can deliver on it. I'm sure I will, (laughs) knowing I am pretty sure, um, (laughs) knowing you, (laughs) um, that you might rip me in half. So, okay. but I'm, well, great. So I'm feeling pretty good about <laughs> this. It's the funniest thing I've ever done. Um, so before that happens, I do want to make the most of this experience and just ask, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, feeling, feeling the birthday vibes. The claws are out. The crab claws are here. Hell yeah. I have an extremely great happy thing, but it's also almost an injustice. Oh, if you could think about it like that. I want to talk about Legally Blonde. Finally. God, it's been... The the best movie ever made. (laughs) Period. Bar none. I'm so glad that you have introduced what our next season is going to be about right at the top of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're fully pivoting to a Legally Blonde (laughs) podcast. Um, Listen, it's queer. It's scripted. It makes sense. Listen, it makes sense. Um, (laughs) But it is, I believe, the, the anniversary of it this upcoming week, the 20th anniversary of this <sighs> fine picture. Um, and in celebration, uh, the New York Times did a, like, extensive oral history of the entire film. As they should. And it's great. It's, like, huge. It's amazing. There's a lot of fun facts in there. 
One of which, though, buried under all of these gems, <laughs> is that one of the original endings for this movie was gay. I'm... <clears throat> it was going to be Elle and Vivian in Hawaii drinking margaritas and holding hands. No, fuck with off. With the what? insinuation, and I quote, was either they were best friends or they had gotten together romantically. Or both. Or... Or, I mean, yeah. I mean, right. best yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah. Wink. Right. Like... W- wink, yes. Gal pals, wink, you know? They're cowards, <laughs> is what they are. Yes. We... This is what we deserve. That makes me so angry for so many reasons. We were robbed. I hate it. <laughs> because then... <sighs> okay. I hate this. Um, like, because talk that, about an enemies to lovers. Hello. 100%. Because me? I love the ship. Um, I will go down we'll with go it. down with the ship. <laughs> <laughs> because that would that would change Legally Blonde 2 for the better. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And we could just focus on two women who love each other. They love right. law. Yes. And they're just <laughs> living it up. They're just going to take on the world together. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> Damn yeah, it. But so I'm that's just occupying my brain capacity and I um, I can feel the servers on fanfiction.net just exploding. I, I do want to send out a call, not just to our unofficial intern, Taylor, um, but to everyone who listens to this. Usually we try to keep the scope of our fanfiction primarily to Twilight or Twilight adjacent fanfictions. I will now mm-hmm. open this right. to also legally blonde fanfiction because I need it more than yeah, anything. That is now in our wheelhouse, so you can <laughs> send them in. It's relevant. We will accept it. Oh, damn it. God, that makes me mad. Yeah. How are you, my dude? Well, now I'm sad. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) It's not your fault. It's, you know, it's... It's society's? (laughs) It's big film's fault. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Hayes Code. I thought we were done with that. I guess not, huh? Um, I am... I'm doing okay. I think as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we are... um, we're in the thick of summer TV right now, so I am happy as a clam. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got new trash to watch every day, and that is, that's all I've ever wanted. It's the only thing that makes up for the fact that summer is, like, hot as fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's this just is your fact- peak form. Exactly. It's the fact that I can stay inside and just watch reality television all day. It's, it helps me a lot. But something that I I had been, like, counting down for and then somehow forgot because of the holiday weekend, which threw me for so many reasons, um, is the fact <laughs> that season two of I Think You Should Leave came out this week. And Hell I yeah. love this show more than anything. I rewatched season one more than I should have just because the fact that the episodes are so short. Right. It yeah. makes it so easy. It's just a very good, quick laugh all the time. Right. I have not gotten through all of season two because I want to savor it. Because the first time that you laugh is never the same as the rest. Uh, but from what I have seen so far, I have almost died from laughing so hard. <laughs> it is hard to describe just how much that show is like just my humor in a nutshell. Right. Yeah. And I am immensely grateful to have more obscure references (laughs) to have and see on the internet. Yeah. I'm very excited. I haven't seen any of it yet because I also want to savor it. Good. Um, But I am very excited for it. And I am also just excited to have those screenshots on my timeline again. Yes. In the most like as as packed as it is now because it's a fleeting time. And yes. some will definitely have more longevity than others. But now we're in a great mm. moment of just seeing. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's going to be about. I do like it. <laughs> like, yeah. So very good goofs. I appreciate it immensely. So that is very much oh, a happy yeah. thing for me this week. Yes. Just a, a nice switch from just what could have been with Legally Blonde. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of gay love, which we do love Ooh. here on the show. Um, yes. We <laughs> Look at that segue. All right. Listen, 
we have talked about in immense detail um, that we don't support rainbow capitalism yeah. here on this show. Except when it is by queer creators. Right. If it's by Big Coke, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. Especially by them. <laughs> Yeah, if it's, if it's Coca-Cola trying to tell me who I can and can't have a gay Coke with. <laughs> <laughs> then no. Um, no, I don't want it. <laughs> however, um, it would be remiss of us if we did anything uh, on time. Because that's not how we roll here. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have Pride merch. But it, yeah. you might be like, hey, dumbasses, it's <laughs> July. Um <laughs> Maybe it is. Hey, maybe it is. Maybe it's June when you're listening to this. You don't You don't know. If you listen to this podcast, you know two things. <laughs> One, time is not real. Time and is none not of us believe real. It. That's what I'm we saying. We don't believe in it. We don't believe in it. Time's fake, first of all. And two, pride is all year round, baby. That's, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So expand your brain, you know? <laughs> Just like think outside the bun a little, right? right? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I don't remember. I Well, I do. I do know where this came from. We were obviously talking about the host and the the powerful interstellar love that is between right. uh, Wander and Melanie. Right. And obviously, the conversation of Oops All Fruity came up. Oops All Fruity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good. And... Our designer, who you would think is just on call, right? Just like in right. a, in fucking Joe's bo- like glass box that we have. Yeah, <laughs> at workshop all times. designs. Yeah, right. It's not true. Um, Christine has a job, has a life, like a whole does, life. Yeah, just a whole ass life. Christine heard that and was like, "Yes, got it, got it, done." <laughs> to Christine's benefit, had this design done weeks ago, right? Ready to go. <laughs> not christine's fault it's all our fault what's most important is that this design is on our shop hell yeah you can get it in so many different varieties of styles yeah yes you can get it in a shirt which is great but if you really want to expand your brain you could get it in a tote bag you can get it on a sticker Ooh. And then most importantly is when you get it take a photo of it and tweet it at us so that we can uh hype you up Yes, because that's my favorite. This is all I've ever wanted. I know you have it. I know you. We get notifications. I know you guys buy it. I just want to see your cute little pics. Yeah, is that too much to ask? You were no. You were not being selfish. No, you were not being conceited. No, it's not like oh, I know they said to do that, but like should yes. The answer is yes. We want to see it. Do it for us. (laughs) Exactly. So we do have some actual news here. Um, could you give us a little bit of Robert Pattinson news, please? We got a Robert Pattinson lost his job corner. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson is unemployed. Um, <laughs> Our Pattinson no longer <laughs> employed. No, it is it is kind of sad, though, because we talked, I think, about this casting. We rooted for this. We rooted for this um, because he initially was going to be in Claire Dennis's uh, movie, The Stars at Noon, after collabing on High Life, after being, you know, in that A24 Claire Dennis sort of moment. I know. Being a little indie boy that she was vibing with. Uh, turns out, no longer going to be him in that movie. Turns out it was fake. Turns out it was fake. I like to think it was a scheduling conflict, um, and not just they got in a little tiff, and they were like, actually... Right. I know we signed a contract, yeah. but fuck you. But mm, yeah, because it seems like it was a lot of scheduling stuff. And I think also the production of it was majorly delayed. And mm-hmm. I think overlaying with the Batman stuff and him getting COVID and all these things. Right. I think he was just like, no. And he's probably, his press junket shit for Batman is probably going to be insane. So I'm sure he was just like, I can't. I can't. Claire was like, I do actually need to film this at some point. Right. It's like, excuse me, sir. I know you have, now you're in every movie now. Um, what about, remember me? Um, but yeah, he, he's out. He got replaced by uh, Taron Egerton. Which I, I don't hate. I love that. Yeah. Man. He's a good man. I'm excited to see man. it. A similar, but not the same chaotic energy. Um, so I am going to be curious to see what right, that looks how like. How that translates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, anyways, we do have a little bit of other our pets news if you want to touch on that before we move on to oh yeah sure. Robert Pattinson off of the employment corner right <laughs> yeah yeah he may not be employed by this movie but he is now officially a member of the academy which is wild that it took this long yeah because they definitely have been like expanding like the eligibility stuff and letting in more people and, and doing that kind of stuff over the years mm-hmm. um but it does feel like he's been on the on the grind as of late to be like, hey. Good on him. I'm excited to see what, if anything, changes in regards to that. Um, right. But, you know, good for him. Yeah. So if you have, if you're ever mad about Oscars and stuff, you can just directly now blame Robert Pattinson. Right. For exactly. any decision you don't agree with. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, just send any and all feedback directly to Mr. Pattinson. At this yes, time. yes, yes. Our last bit of of news is just a little bit of a wild card. Y'all might remember Bill Condon from directing Breaking Dawn, famously, famously. <laughs> some might remember, no, um, and no other movies, <laughs> and that was it. Right, that was his first first film. Um, no, he. Did both of those. You also might know him from doing Chicago or Dreamgirls or, unfortunately, um, the Beauty and the Beast remake as well. Yeah, they can't all be winners, you know? You know what? <laughs> um, what I received in our Daily Digest information shocked me a little bit personally, um, which is that Mr. Condon, who, again, directed Breaking Dawn... Where Bella cracks her spine open. (laughs) The same man who has, who has Edward, like, yell and scream when Bella dies. Who has um, Chuck Esme, again, folks, Mm. some might remember, has now signed on to direct Guys and Dolls. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Which maybe they appreciated the artistic liberties he took on with Stephanie Meyer's text and was like, you know what, this would be great. On paper, I'm like, sure, fuck it, why not? Right. Sure, this man has had experience before doing other like adaptations of right. musicals, but just to see his track record. Um, where it's like, yes, Chicago's. Yes, Dream Girls. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Um, sorry, also we have Breaking Dawn, parts one yeah. and two. What? Mm. Bill? I'm just starting to think like you saw those as like blank check easy money on there. Right. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. personally, I I mean I grew up with guys and dolls because I am a slut for theater. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so I'm going to be a little bit curious about how this goes. Um, But he fucked up Beauty and the Beast big time. So I I got my eye on you, Bill. (sighs) Anyways, um, we our last bit of news here before we get to the the wildest movie I think I've ever seen. Um, Ever seen. (laughs) Literally ever. (laughs) And we watched some pretty buck wild shit on this show. Um, is we have a new season starting next week. So many folks voiced their very passionate opinions. It was a heated battle at the end. At the end, yes. Um, it got a little bit, there was some major campaigning that started to happen there. (laughs) Which was pretty powerful, and I did love that a lot. Um, Absolutely. It came down, we... Provided three options for you all to select from. One, which I assumed was not going to happen, which was the Fifty Shades of Grey series from Christian's perspective. Um, that was my bad for assuming that was not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, based underestimated the, the voting power. Of, I did. A <laughs> few guys. Um, based on the comments that we had received, I had assumed that was just a no-go. Mm-hmm. We had also put in, based on your feedback, Vampire Academy as well as uh, Court of Thorns and Roses, 
We had two polls, one on our Patreon and then one on our Twitter as well. Um, again, it was pretty solid there for a while. And then towards the end, it got hectic. I yeah. Say. <laughs> yeah. Cody, do you want to tell folks what we have decided on? Next week, we are starting Vampire Academy. <sighs> I... I am so excited. The tables will turn. Yes. Folks. This is we're going back to our roots, but on a with a fun little twist here. Yes. Because Allie has never I don't know anything any of this. I know and nothing. I, I have consumed it all. <laughs> I know nothing, um, which is a, a position that I hate being in. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it is incredibly uncomfortable for me. I don't, I don't know how you all could possibly know that as someone who has a very strict format on the show um, right. <laughs> and has thorough notes each episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I know fuck all about this. So based on just the rudimentary stuff that Cody has said, I am mm-hmm. immensely curious. And it seems like it is, as most things were, um... Just a just a little copy paste of yes. Twilight, you know, just a little copy paste of what I'm assuming, based on what I've seen here, of just a little copy paste of Anne Rice. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> so I am immensely curious, not just for myself, yeah. but for everyone else, to get to hear you in a space of like let me unlock all of my knowledge for once yeah i can't wait to like unearth memories i've shoved down (laughs) i can't wait to just like fully regress i'm very excited so this is a reminder if you want to read along with us go check your library go check your thrift stores i'm sure they're all there (laughs) oh my god i would imagine these are probably all over thrift stores yeah so here's your reminder I am definitely going to use my fucking Libby to yeah. get this on my Kindle. So I am immensely curious. I will say that. So I am yeah. um, looking forward to starting something that I I have no, none knowledge about. So, yes. so welcome in. And for folks who are like, but what about A Court of Thorns of Roses and Fifty Shades? We're just starting here. So. Yes. We will We're, get there. We will get there. We just we we'll want to start start with the vampires first. Yes. So, anyways, um, we as our interlude episode here, we watched <laughs> last night the weirdest <laughs> movie I've ever seen. I don't know if it was the same for you, but it. Um, yeah. Uh, we watched the birthday cake, which came out I not even a month ago, like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, when we had first talked about this, yeah, I was under the impression when I had read the IMDb page on this podcast that it was an Italian mob thriller, that it was The Sopranos. Right. I thought it was going to be Gabagool, you know? Exactly. (laughs) And in a way, it was. Yes, there was Gabagool. Parts of it. It was. They're, they did end up getting two major figures from The Sopranos, which was pretty yes. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as someone who was, like, almost done watching The Sopranos for the first time, I was like, oh, fuck yes. Like, we're here. <laughs> uh, my boys are here. <laughs> yeah. Um, two of the main figures who, like, have immensely noticeable, like, uh, voices. I was like, fuck yes. Like, let's go. Yeah. But right off the bat, like, first thing you see on screen sets the tone <laughs> for how fucking buck wild this movie is. Uh, I, it's maybe the greatest title card I've, I've ever, ever seen, seen before a movie ever. I can't tell you, Cody, the last time that I have seen in earnest Chicken Soup for the Soul. Like... <laughs> I I can't, I want to say maybe, like, fifth grade in my library. Right. Yeah. So to see it on screen, one, 
Chicken Soup for the Soul. But Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Entertainment. A thing they I didn't know. Studio. Was a thing. They're changing the world one story at a time. <sighs> Chicken Soup for the Soul is. In front of what I am expecting to be an Italian mob movie was the right. funniest like thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a wild choice from like a brand perspective. I yes. don't know what movies this studio tends to produce. I don't know what the apparently is. Gory ones. <laughs> but like it feels like a little off base for this seemingly very dramatic murdery like yeah crime thriller movie to be like oh yeah you remember those self-help books when you were a kid yeah it's that it's that so have fun with that it was just like the most whiplash i've ever yeah. had <laughs> and yeah. the movie had just started right <laughs> i thought it was a joke and it right. was not because we got about six other, like, production title cards. And I was like, oh, this is this just diversely funded. <laughs> Which makes more sense, right? Because I think you ended up right. texting me. I think you might have started this, like, maybe 20 minutes or so after me. So yeah, we yeah, were yeah. pretty close on. <laughs> but yeah. you ended up... We almost up, had it, like, linked up. Yeah. <laughs> you ended up filling in the blanks for me, which is what I didn't know, is that this was essentially, a like, a directorial debut. This was pretty much yes. self-funded. Yeah. And so it made sense of, like, oh, we need as many production companies as possible because we are, we are a three-man team putting this together. Yeah. Right, yeah. It makes a lot more sense. It does. We need to, before we even get into plot or whatever there the fuck, is so much even backstory. describe that. There's so much backstory. Tell them everything. we thought, we initially pitched this for, for our listeners as, oh, we got Penn Badgley in here. We got some memorable, we got some noticeable people in our Rolodex here. Yeah. That we can Let's do it for Penn. Sure, great. Do it for Penn, whatever. And it's new and it made sense and it's a fun little thing. But the little, amount of connections in here. Little did are, we know, folks, yes. what we were in for. And the main source of all of these connections is the co-screenwriter, Shiloh Fernandez. Who's from, you might remember, uh, fucking Little Red Riding Hood. The, yeah. The Amanda Seyfried one we just talked right. about. So, yeah, first, first connection, Red String. He is in Red Riding Hood as Peter. Yes. He's in that movie which we talked about then i was like all right let's let me just check the wikipedia page let me see sure. what this guy's all about turns out in 2008 he was one of the front runners to play edward cullen can you imagine twilight i everything would be different everything. yes <laughs> yeah we would the, live in a different reality. The butterfly effect of that would be unreal. Yeah. I, seeing, I felt like such a fucking fool. Because when I looked at the photo of this, when we talked about this like two weeks ago, I was like, yes, great. It has pen in it. It looks mm -hmm. like there are some other people. Great. Perfect. Right. I got like six minutes into this maybe <laughs> and i was like sorry who the fuck is everyone is in this yes which made this even more confusing that right. it was someone's directorial debut and it mm -hmm. was essentially written primarily by shiloh fernandez and his two other buddies yeah because i looked deeper after you told me that i looked deeper into his yeah wikipedia page to see like is th does this guy have rich parents is there nepotism here right what's the who is he and what's there's not there's yeah. nothing there and so i was immensely like confused of how was it essentially that right. shiloh wrote the screenplay directed mm -hmm. not he didn't direct it but he produced no. yeah. starred mm -hmm. did all but directed this as well and so this is this is his movie. How did he get all of these famous people in here? Yeah. Of just being like, hey, are you free 
for a day. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's um it's like truly uh, wild. Because whoa, first of all, that yeah. Ewan McGregor is in this for what is essentially like a day of filming and then right. another day of voiceover work. Right. And they tried to like milk as much of his time as possible. And he has the like birds of prey mustache in this. Yeah. So it had to have been like fairly recently. Right. Um, but this movie is one of the most confusing things I've ever seen. <laughs> because it is the movie is trying very hard to make you as the viewer um in suspense of what is in of what's going to happen. They do this whole like a decade ago and then they show Shiloh, something tragic something happened. tragic <laughs> happened. Um they show Shiloh Fernandez, who is in this movie called Gio, um, and a decade ago, he looks like Pony Boy. Um, literally, literally, like he's literally baby Pony Boy. He's yeah. wearing this like fucking bowling shirt. He's beat the fuck up. Um, they're him and his cousin are just like hanging out in the snow, and they just get like beat to shreds. <sighs> And this is supposed to be important because we find out that, like, Gio's uncle is this mob boss that, like, runs where they live in New York. Yeah. That's right. important. And then it's been... Oh, and his dad died. Super, super important. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> Gio's crucial. dad is dead and they will not let you forget this. Yeah, that is, like, almost every other piece of dialogue. Yes. <laughs> um, and then they moved to 10 years later which is essentially the present in this and again folks the movie is called the birthday cake okay yeah (laughs) they bless the folks who wrote this screenplay um they essentially have their main character geo holding the primary symbol (laughs) throughout the whole movie um And expect you, as the viewer, to not ask any questions or make any assumptions about what the symbol is or what it means (laughs) until, like, the end of the movie. And you are supposed to be shocked of, like, what happens there. Right. Which is why (laughs) when Cody and I were texting about this, um, it gives off, like, very strong student film vibes. Yeah. Because there's no, like, there's no real suspense. It's all laid out on the screen. Yeah. This movie is essentially watching a man try to deliver a birthday cake, but then getting, like, inconvenienced every five minutes and having to push it back and push it back. And then he does it. And then a big thing happens that everyone could have guessed. And you're like, well, that was the movie. Yeah. Got it. Because Geo, instead of... Like, the main thing is that Gio is getting ready. He's in a fancy suit. It's been 10 years since his dad died, and he's going over to his uncle, the mob boss's house, to celebrate and, like, honor his dad um, 10 years after he died on, like, his birthday. And it's, like, a family reunion kind of get-together for everyone. Right. And his mom's like, fuck you, I'm not going to this. Um, But Gio, instead of taking an Uber... Instead of taking a cab, (laughs) instead of taking the subway to his uncle's house, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to walk through New York to get here. Hours Mm -hmm. it takes him. Right. (laughs) And every person that he stops by. Might as well just meet and say hello to everyone I've ever met and ever known in my life. (laughs) Every person that he stops by. feel like I have somewhere to be. (laughs) Is like, do you want to ride? And he's like, no, I'm just going to keep walking. And every person's like, this is a really long way to walk. And he's like, it's okay. I'm just going to walk. Nah, it's cool. This birthday cake that he's holding for most of this is in foil. Right. Again, in New York. <laughs> like, <laughs> the idea that statistically something, it like, he doesn't fall. and right. Or something <laughs> is not dropped on it. Like, someone yeah. doesn't push into him and the cake, like, it makes no sense. 
Yeah, that honestly was the most tense part about this. I kept looking at that box of cake and being like, that is going to get fucked up at some point. Someone's going to, like, at one point, someone, like, he, like, leaves it in a car or something. And, like, the driver is, like, he was like, oh, I was just about to eat this cake. And he's like, thank God you didn't. And then he's like, do you want this joint that I have? That was so good. Which was very good. But that was, like, the the most dramatic thing. Like, I feel like the crucial thing here is, like, make sure the cake gets to the place it needs to be. That's the whole point of this movie. You're just watching this man deliver a cake. And nothing really happens to the cake because there's other stuff going on. And that was at a point where the cake had been transferred from foil into an actual cake box. So at least there was, like... There was more, like, sturdiness to it. It felt a lot safer. I was more concerned in this whole fucking movie about the cake than I was about what was actually happening in this movie throughout the whole thing, which is what we find out like seven minutes into the movie, which is Gio gets stopped by two FBI agents, one of whom is Aldous Hodge. Oh my God. The, I, my jaw dropped and it's honestly, (laughs) because you only ever cast Aldous Hodge if you were, if he is going to kick the shit out of somebody. And so I fully expected that he was going to come back later and he didn't. And it was a crime. No, (laughs) they set up so many stakes and so many like things. And then there was never really payoff for any of them. It was such a bummer. Just like loose threads. And to the point where we were just worried about the structural integrity of the cake. I know. I cared more about the cake than anybody else. Um, Then, and Gio, of course, is like, worried and very like nervous about the fbi agents because the fucked up thing about geo as we learn about like throughout this whole movie is that his mob boss uncle is very yeah. alpha it seemed like his dad was an alpha too geo is very weak does yes, not like he's confrontation he's very small <laughs> like very weak so he sees these fbi agents and he's like i cannot do this um, and they threaten him because his cousin, Leo, from the beginning of the movie, apparently got caught with, I think they say, like, five kilograms or something of hair. Like, something unbelievable. Yeah, like a, a truly wild amount of yeah. hair. Um, and he was a geo or something, like, he helped him get out of prison or something. Like, something that doesn't end up mattering. Um... But because we don't end up seeing Leo until the end of the movie. But the main thing is, right. is that like Geo is supposed to turn his cousin into the FBI. And mm-hmm. so and if he doesn't do that by the end of the night, all hell's going to break loose. So he's worried about that um, right. and worried about his um mob family because apparently and this also doesn't get resolved there are other um like there are other groups that are trying to rise up and take power since Mm -hmm. his uncle has started to like kind of draw back and not be as intimidating anymore and they kind of mention it a little bit the main antagonist in this supposedly is just this vague idea of the Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Like, the, the, like, race stuff going on here is wild. It's so weird. Especially for something that is very much in present day. Yes. Like, it feels incredibly dated and terrible. And it's just, like, no, it's all just, like, very, like, vague, broad strokes of, of this, like, amorphous, like group of people you know that they just like deem as this enemy it's like what especially the moment in the in the like corner store when geo he's very concerned about getting butter for some reason (laughs) like the butter (laughs) he's so concerned about getting butter and the there's a patron that comes in in front of him and like makes this huge mess and yeah. when he goes back um, to, like, the the back of the corner store to get butter, um, he apparently knows the employee that's there. And the employee um, apparently mentions, again, in this, like, vague term 
of a group is like mm-hmm. the Russians came in and like fucked up our, our refrigerators or something. Right. And it's like, I, this is mentioned a lot in the Sopranos too, but again, 20 years ago of right. like there being a lot of um, like identity groups and like fighting for power in certain areas but to just say that and then to have no follow-up, it felt really unnecessary. It was weird. Yeah, it was totally. like, yeah, I, I found it very weird, especially because the we find out later that the whole reason we ended up watching this um, was because of Penn's character. And he ends up being like involved with um, the the primary group uh in, that's in here as well. Right. Um, can we talk, please, about <laughs> yes. Penn's character and his introduction? Can we talk about how sexy this, this man is in this oh movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> it is offensive. It is so fucked up. The Penn old... has a beard. He has a beard. I will say, though, he looks great, and I loved it. Even though he was only in it for like a couple minutes, he was, which is fine. I thought he was going to have more of a role in this, and he turns out aggressively no. <laughs> does not. Aggressively does not. It's fine. Um, while I do like he ha- him having like longer curly hair and a beard, it does kind of give me. You remember in America's Next Top Model when they had boys in the house? Yes, I and do. They gave one of them a beard weave. <laughs> yeah, like a fake beard. Yeah. <laughs> That was, like, attached to his face, and yes. it was the worst thing I've ever seen. It does give me a little <clears throat> bit of that. That's not as bad, fair. but it does feel like it's not his beard at <laughs> all. It just looks like this weird melding to his um, face, you know? That's fair. The only photo that we had seen or talked about prior to watching this movie was from the, like, main scene that Penn is yeah. in, which was right. the, like, neon and there, and I didn't realize that Penn, whose character's name is Pino, by the way, <laughs> it's fucked up. It's Pino. It's so fucked up. I could not stop giggling about it. But he's a bartender at the yes. the place where Gio's cousin is having her, like, well, the start, anyway, of her bachelorette party. Again, a plot point that is not really necessary, but no. fine. Sure. Penn I, walks into this movie out the gate. Just by the sexiest bringing out, person. Well, I've yeah, ever looking seen. sexy, very hot, and like under the beautiful neon glow of the bar, looking very good, smoking a cigarette, living <sighs> his truth. And then, like, just immediately bring, ushers these bachelorette party girls into a limo. Or He's a just cab so or over it. And a giant inflatable <laughs> penis. That he holds and shoves into the car with these women. He's so over these women. He's doing the very, like, I'm going to be cordial and respectful, but also get the fuck out of get my bar. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, mad respect for him to just not even do an Italian accent at all. No, absolutely he not. fully just did his own voice. He doesn't <laughs> speak a lot in this movie, but you can tell that's just his voice. Nope, that's just him. Um, that was, his name is Pino. <laughs> He's just sounding like... Pen badly does that was all the time. Aggressively, just Pen in a white shirt with a towel oh, no. over his shoulder, looking the hottest he's ever been, smoking a yeah. cigarette, and oh right. my god, <laughs> yeah, um, he's never been more unamused, and I he's literally never been hotter. It was so yeah. hard to agree. It was the most annoyed I've ever been with him because I'm just like. <laughs> You are not trying at all right now. Yeah. And it's so fucked up. <laughs> like, it's, And it's working for me and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. The main yeah. thing to know about this point is he actually like for being in this for maybe five minutes total actually tells more about the plot than anyone does. Literally. Um, yeah. Because he stands right outside his bar and he looks at Gio and he's like, hey, remember when your uncle got fucking shot in the throat right here? That's where that happened. Do you remember that? Do you hey. remember that? <laughs> and Gio's like, uh, um, yeah, like, that was super weird, right? Um, gotta go. 
Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your night. Anyway, bye. Um, and <laughs> super weird. Um, but before, and again, we are not like. Gio was making all these weird-ass stops just to introduce more characters before he goes to his fucking uncle's party. Because he's going to show up late. Um, the last characters, I think, before he goes to the party is when he stops by the cake place. He already has a cake. Yeah. But he stops right. by the cake place to get a cake box. And that's where we meet his friend Tommy, who's a racist weirdo. Um, Ashley Benson shows up because sure. Um, which I love that little connection because of, uh, you, which must've been a weird conversation for Penn and Ashley to have. Um, yeah, she's really trying to do her best, um, like Julia Fox and Uncut Gems. Yes, I agree. That's the vibe she's trying to do here. And she does it pretty, pretty okay, you know, given everyone else being terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I think that the fight that she has with Tommy in the back of uh, Luis Guzman's Uber was pretty good. Yeah. Um, For being in this for maybe like two minutes, Luis Guzman was great. Um, Right. For just being like, first of all, please stop fighting in my Uber. Um, please stop doing coke in my Uber. <laughs> please. Um, please pay for this Uber ride. And then someone left a cake. Oh, thank God. Damn it. You took my cake. I guess I'll just have this joint instead. <laughs> um, so bless him. Um, it is unfortunate, though, that like the last thing that we see before Gio goes to his uncle's is he like Gio stops by his where he thinks his cousin Leo is. Um and there's a woman outside who, when I double-checked the casting, um, her name is Karen, which I thought was great. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, and Leo, of course, is not at the place where he was staying. Um, but shortly after, when Gio's in Leo's apartment, I hate that the, all these people have the rhyming names. It's annoying. Right. <laughs> um, um, but Penn... Or Pino, I guess I should say. (laughs) Pino shows up um, and he has led, again, the, quote, Puerto Ricans to Leo's place. Apparently as a way of, like, selling him out. Um, Whether it was to, like, switch allegiances, um, whether it was to, like, get money, whether it was to get drugs, it's not really made clear here. Um, but weird, apparently to find out that like Pino has known, um, Gio and Leo for, since they were kids. Mm. Um, and unfortunately in this situation, um, Gio is hiding. They don't find him. They don't find Leo. And so because of that, um, they do end up killing Pino, which rip. Yeah. Um, because I thought this man was going to be in this movie for a long time, and he was not. So, anyways. Um, the end of this movie comes. He finally makes it. There's, like, a club scene. This club looked really boring. But they do end up getting yeah. to the um, uh, Uncle Angelo's house. And, of course, because I didn't pay attention to the photo, I did not realize that it was Val Kilmer. Until they opened the door, and I was like, of fucking course it's Val Kilmer. Right. It's like, gotta be. You gotta, listen, we're pulling in all the strings already. Yeah, like, of course they, they wouldn't show who Uncle Angelo was until the end, and so of course it would have to be Val Kilmer. Um, and this is where we also find out that, like, all of Gio's uncles are here, too, and so, like, fucking uh, Pussy from Sopranos is here. Like, we've got yes. all the, all the typical Italians are here. Yeah. Which is great. And also, um, God, what was his name? William Thickner was there, too. Looking oh, like yeah. a typical cop. Just whipping his yeah. gun out and stuff. In his element, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I didn't realize until um, Val Kimmer started speaking is I didn't realize that he had a voice box. I'd for- totally forgotten that he had throat yeah. cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it made a lot more sense that Pino was like, oh yeah, he got shot in the throat. Like, 
Right. Because otherwise, it's like, that's a hard thing to explain. Right. <laughs> um, and so it, it made a lot more sense. One of the only things that made sense in this movie of, like, right. why the their mob family had gone kind of more insular and yeah. started to, like, have more, have less influence. Um. Do you want to tell folks about the incredibly obvious ending of this movie <laughs> that they previewed so many times by the fact that they said Gia was allergic to chocolate? It's, I, I just, <laughs> this lead up to this ending is wild. And he's just like sitting there with his cake and Gio is like, I'm going to go. I got to I got to go. Just, I, it took me like 10 hours to walk here. So I'm actually going <laughs> to. I've got blisters. My feet are bleeding. <laughs> My feet are totally raw right now. I got to go. You guys have fun, though. I cannot eat this. Um, goodbye. Um, and then everyone eats it and just starts dying. <laughs> it is important to know that like his mom made this cake. Yeah. It so is also important. Clearly there's. Foreshadowing is very strong here. His mom made the cake. His mom did not want to come. His mom, I don't think I said earlier, um, is the therapist from The Sopranos. So she has Mm -hmm. one of my favorite voices, which is, is so smoky. You can, like, hear the nicotine in it. Totally. Whenever she talks, I feel so safe. Um, but (laughs) I do, I feel held, but anytime that she like raises her voice, I just like want to die inside (laughs) because she's the therapist, she's the therapist from the Sopranos. And so I'm just like, Oh no, she knows too much about me. Right. (laughs) She knows my Um, soul. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, again, this comes back to the fact that it feels like a student film, right? Gio has said so many times that like, I think like at least twice that he is allergic to chocolate. Yeah. And it is very clear throughout all of this movie that, like, Gio is incredibly weak. Um, every time that he has had a chance to, like, fight back or to shoot someone, to just, like, fend himself, he doesn't do it. So, like, it's super clear that he isn't the one that did this. Um, and so when he, when they end up serving the, the chocolate cake and his uncle's like, cool, you don't want this? More for me. Um, <laughs> and... They end up eating it and just immediately, like, their mouths start, like, bubbling. Like, it's, it's like a horror film. It's, it's like, terrifying. They all get, like, rabies. It's so scary. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. And his uncle, like, immediately knows that it was his mom. Like, says as he is dying, right. Sophia. Um, mm. And Gio, because he is has been sheltered his whole life, sees everyone dying and is like, hmm, I am going to stay here. My (laughs) prints are everywhere. Um, Instead of running and getting out of here, I'm going to stay and let all of these dying men keep touching me. Yeah, that seems like a great thing. (laughs) Like, Uh Geo, boy. The cops will not question any of this. Right, of course. Of course not. This is gonna totally fly. So, Gio finally gets his head back on his shoulders. Um, and goes to find his cousin, Leo. One of the things that is important to know is that, like, before the cake situation happened, um, (laughs) Gio got into a little kerfuffle with one of his, I assumed it was his uncle, and I don't know if it was, um, his, I'm assuming Uncle William Fickner, who said he was a cop, giving yeah. off very strong cop vibes. So when he goes to back to his cousin's house, uh, Leo's there, um, he hears in the, like, basement that um, Leo is struggling. And of course, William Fickner's there, because he's looks like an antagonist. <laughs> um and it makes sense because he i think it was his name was like in the movie like fucking uncle ricardo or something like of course he's the cop right (laughs) and this is again like geo is having his opportunity to fight and stand up for himself 
just like he did at the beginning of the movie, and he can't do it. Like, <laughs> um, but when he finally gets his shit together and, like, yeah. defends himself against his, uh, against Ricardo, he does learn at, like, the very last moment um, that Uncle Ricardo killed his dad. Which, like, again, we yeah. knew that. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Yep. <laughs> um, that was pretty obvious from the get. What? <laughs> um, he unfortunately is not able to save Leo because what he had walked in on was like Ricardo essentially torturing Leo. Um, for what? Great question. Not necessary. Um, this in and of itself, weird, very predictable, unnecessary ending. But it doesn't just stop there um geo does in fact go back to the church where he was at the start of the day and back in the um in the past as well and he goes to light a candle for his dad and ian mcgregor the priest is like oh my boy thank god you're here and he goes to show that his mom is there as well and they're like i'm so glad that you spent the whole night painting the church congrats, good work. Um, and Gio, of course, is, like, incredibly confused. Um, <laughs> and as the sirens are rolling, that's how the, like, movie ends, is with Gio being, like, am confusion, and his mom just being, like, shut the fuck up, boy. <laughs> like, right. stop asking questions. <laughs> so, um, weird movie. What a what a motion picture! <laughs> um, it was a movie. It there's um, <laughs> you know there's so many rewrites that I would offer. There's so right. many things I would cut, and yet it is really pushing it at ninety minutes already. Yeah. Like it's really struggling to get to that point. So for for a student film which is essentially right. what it is. Um, right. I would say that it's it's doing well. Um, yeah. But because of the fact that it's actually not a student film, pretty wild that it's here in this space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a film, I guess. So we did it. We did it. Go team. We did Listen, it. Penn and Ewan were hot as hell. 100%. So it made it were all worth it. Lots of hot people. Um, just needed, just needed a lot more eyes on it yeah. to revise yeah. on there. But you know what? That's okay. Um, I would say that about a lot of stuff that we have discussed right. on here. So yes. not the only Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I am very excited that next week we start our next season. We oh, are on God. to Vampire Academy. Um, yes. So we are we are in it. We are starting chapters one and two next week. Get your copy, and we're gonna we're gonna get started. I I know nothing, so if you're in that boat, don't worry. Um, Come along. <laughs> tell your Let friends. Let me guide you. <laughs> tell your friends. Get an accountability reading partner, um, Ooh, and yes. we'll we'll be here to start start with some new vampires next week which is oh, very yeah. exciting. Um, we have some amazing patrons to thank. Would Hell you yeah. like to start us off? Absolutely. Shout out to Mallory Hardwick. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. Thank you to Katie Black. Boy, boy, boy. Boy. Boom, 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 boom. Thank you to Kylie Minty. Boom, 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 boom. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. Shout out Carrie Goldberg. Bow, 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 bow. Thank you to Mickey Meyer. Wow. Yeah. Thank you to Rebecca Cullen. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, uh. Thank you to March Gray. March. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor Brown Town Lautner. Wow, wow, wow. The world's leading Christian Fifty Shades of Grey warrior. Typical. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you to Jasmine, Anastasia, 
Thank you to Bailey Christian. Thank you to Cassandra Bomer. Ooh. Shout out Kristen Strider. Thank you to Julia Stewart. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. Thank you to Megan Pattinson. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you to Cassandra O'Shea. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you to Rachel Seeker. Ooh. Thank you to Maddie Fashionelli. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Shout out Genevieve Morgan. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you to my mom, your mom, our mom, Kelly Beck. Mom. <laughs> Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you to India Peach. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. Shout out Sarah Blythe. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you to Laura Forty. And thank you to our newest high level patron, Abby Penn. In honor of Sir Penn Badgley. Our short king. Our short king. We love him so. Absolutely. Welcome to the fold, Abby. You're here. Yes, welcome. You can't leave. Well, I mean, you can't, but like, don't. You yeah, know? please. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, don't, you know? And if you do, don't. We have a fan fiction. I have a fan fiction here for you today. Nice. This fan fiction was not curated by me. It was sent in by our unofficial intern, Taylor Browntown Lautner. I do think that this fan fiction is punishment for us not selecting Fifty Shades from Christian's perspective. So, you know, we'll take it. <laughs> you say that now. Mm, oh, no. <laughs> so this, I will say, um, Taylor, interesting choice. This is from the crossover section of fanfiction.net, specifically from the Sesame Street and Twilight sections of the crossover world. Oh, great. Um, this is from... This is an anonymous contest. I will say that right off the bat. But it is from the Out of This World contest. So it's an anonymous user. Um, But the entry from this contest is called a crazy furry hell. (laughs) The summary of this is when the parentals are away and Emmett wants to play, he takes Nessie to a land of happy furry creatures. Can she find her way back to normalcy when everything around her is borderline crazy? Lots of laughs. Um, And this was published on December 18th of 2009. So it's actually been quite some time. I will, there's, this is actually an incredibly long fan fiction. Um, I will not subject you to all of it. Um, But I am going to read you a selection here um, where... Uh, Renesmee has just found Alice within Sesame Street. As well as a, a Sesame Street character that apparently is named Zoe. So, you can't go home yet. Now is the best part. Zoe and I were just about to go shopping because S is for shopping and S is the letter of the day. You should come too because shopping is something we share and we love sharing. And sharing starts with S too. Alice grinned while I felt her forehead to see if maybe she came down with a dog flu too, and it just made vampires go loony. I was absolutely sure somebody had spiked the Kool-Aid up in this place because everyone I knew was going just a little wacko. Do you know what else starts with S? Zoe piped in. Shut up, I asked. Stop interrupting my conversation. Send me home. So help me God if I can't help my mom. Shove that tutu up your... No, silly. It's Sesame Street. Yeah, how could I forget this wretched, brightly colored hell? Oh, no. What if this is hell for vampires? What if I died in my sleep and this is where I get to live out eternity? Please, no, I was a good half vampire. I didn't even bite that many people. End scene. Wow. This is an incredibly thorough fan fiction. 
<laughs> this is dense and <laughs> detailed. Um, it is oh, no. over 8,000 words. And I will say, for those of you um, who are interested in continuing to read this, um, the other recognizable characters from this world in here include Big Bird, Snuffy, yeah. <laughs> Count Von Count, my boy. Yep. Your boy. Your boy. <laughs> your boy. Cookie Monster, Oscar, and Elmo. They're all in here. Wow. The gang's all here. The gang's all here. So 8,000 words of this. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, folks, when we see you next time, we expect that you have your Oops All Fruity stickers. Yes. You got <laughs> your books. Yeah. You said happy birthday to Cody, who will be <laughs> mad at me. And that's okay. Um, and you'll be ready for next season, which is great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, as we say here in the Pacific Northwest. Get bit. And get whipped. Ooh. Ooh. Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Into the Twilight or on TikTok at Into the Twilight Show. You can find me at Cody Corral on Twitter and Allie at Alexandria Does. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. We have merch, so much stuff. All those links are in the episode description. And make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. It really helps the show. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.